Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. If you are new here, my name is Paris, and I am the creator and host of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here to tune in and hear my amazing guests and I describe the ways we can leverage and shift our mindsets to take the best possible care of our mental health. I launched the podcast as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for this all stemmed from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and my MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I launched Master Your Mental to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. You guys might be wondering, what does the mental stand for? Well, it stands for mindset, engagement, nutrition, talk about it, accountability, and love yourself. These are all the building blocks that make up what Master Your Mental is all about. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on any one of my social media platforms you guys can find in the link in my bio on my Instagram at master your mental. Now let's get into the episode guys. Hello guys, and welcome back to another episode of the master your mental podcast. Today we're doing episode number seven of season two of the podcast. And I'm really looking forward to this one. Cause as you guys can tell from the title, this is a very interesting episode. We got two bipolar chicks on writing bipolar. And I'm very excited because my guest today is super awesome, super cool. She is writing a memoir just like me. So we're both writing memoirs. We are both mental health advocates, and I'm super excited to have you guys check out the work she is doing, her story, and also what she is doing with her Instagram page, which is really cool. So I'm going to link that in the show notes for you guys to check her out and give her a follow. She's such a great person. I really love this conversation because as you guys know, I love talking all things mental health, especially when we're able to put a positive spin on this and look at it from a more positive viewpoint, which my guest today is doing. And I love it because it's so refreshing to hear from somebody like her, who's also been diagnosed bipolar and the perspective she has on this is very interesting. And I cannot wait for you guys to get into this episode with us and hear this conversation and hear a little bit more about her story, what she's doing, what she's up to and all the things, because I feel like in general, sometimes when we don't know a lot about bipolar disorder, because I know I was definitely one of those people and I would watch movies and TV shows and I would see the actors or the actresses in the shows who were their characters were bipolar and they'd be like all over the place, just so reckless, doing all these crazy things. And that was kind of how my perception of the time was shaped, thinking, oh, that's how people who have bipolar are. They're all like that. And that is not the case at all, at all. So you guys will definitely hear about more of my guest story and just her journey through going from receiving this diagnosis of bipolar, what she has done to really defeat and overcome that stigma and how she is using her platform to really educate, inspire, and motivate other people and women also particularly who have bipolar and who want to have a place of supportive community in that aspect. So she's really, really good at that. So I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. So we're going to be getting into it right now. 
Hello guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Master Your Mental Podcast. I'm super excited about this one, you guys, because we have such an awesome special guest today. Her name is Tatiana Frost. She is a mental health advocate and writer, and she uses her Instagram page, Bipolar Rights, to educate and empower people who have or know someone with bipolar disorder. And you guys know this is a topic that is very close to my heart because I was also diagnosed bipolar as well at 19. So I'm super excited to get into this conversation with Tatiana today because she's super, super cool. And you guys are going to learn a lot about her today and her story. So Tatiana, thank you so much for being out, for coming out on the podcast and making the time to get into this conversation with me. Thank you. I'm so, I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited to be here and to be talking to you. I'm super pumped for the awesome conversation we are about to have about so many important topics. So I'm like beyond the moon. Is that, yes. is that a phrase that people oh, say? I think it is. I like it. I, like I don't that. know. I might've, I might've said it wrong. So I'm going to, someone let me know. If beyond I said the moon. I like it. I like it though. So yeah, I mean, I'm so excited too. Cause you guys, I don't, we connected on Instagram. I'm not sure like how, but we got, we got connected and we were chatting mm-hmm. and I love what she talks about. I love how like open raw and vulnerable she is. So I instantly was like, this is a really cool chick. And I'm like, I, I need to have her on the podcast. So we were talking, but you know, before we go ahead and just dive on into it, just tell us, you know, a little bit more about you and just what really just lights you up. What lights me up? Um, a little bit about me. So I was diagnosed with bipolar when I was 17 and I didn't really start getting into advocacy around it until I was 18, 19. So it took me about a year to kind of come to comfort with myself around it. And since then I've really changed gears a little bit to um, address this part of my life that is really important to me. And I know is important to others. Uh, I am a psychology major, but I'm working, um, as a computer scientist right now. So like all the best of both worlds. And I started my bipolar rights page so that I could form a community that I wish that I wish that I had it when I was 17 Right. I was telling my boyfriend that the other day, people will DM me and I love that. They'll DM me and tell me their stories or ask for advice. And it really makes me, it opens my eyes to the fact that there are so many more people than you think who are going through the same exact thing. And it's the most beautiful community. And I'm so glad I did it. And I recommend everybody else go do it. <laughs> yes. You go. guys, she is so cool. I will link her page in the show notes for you guys to check it out. It is bipolar rights um, on Instagram. I'll put the link on there, but check it out. It's so cool. She is just awesome. And I love your approach to it. Like it's so positive. Cause I feel like sometimes Thanks. with, you know, when we're talking about topics, like at least in my experience, you know, when I was younger and I was like on the internet trying to do like research and like learn more mm-hmm. about bipolar, like what is this thing that I was diagnosed mm-hmm. with? I feel like it was yeah. Always like more of like a negative connotation. Like I didn't hear, I didn't see people on the internet being like, I'm bipolar and this is, you know, why it's not like the end of the world and kind of talking about more positive aspects and kind of like in terms of treatment, in terms of moving forward. And cause there's really so much that we can do, but I feel like sometimes the conversation can be so much on like the struggle and the problem and like the trauma that goes along with it, that we really don't, we really aren't able to see that there is a path forward because we're so focused on this stuff. So 
I'd love to ask like your, like for you, you know, like I, that's what I think is super cool about her. Also, you guys, is she is also writing a memoir. So how did you get started in this pro in this process of writing your story? Just tell us about this. Cause I think it's super cool. Yeah. So I have always wanted to write a book. I didn't know exactly what it would be about. I didn't know if it would be fiction or nonfiction, but I've always been a writer. Actually, when I was like 15, I did a lot of freelance journalism and I loved writing. Then, you know, I actually, I started writing a book when I was 14. Actually, it's called Exit. It's unfinished. It's nonfiction. Oh, that's <laughs> um, cool. So it's not done yeah. yet, but it's still. No, it's not done yet. Okay. <laughs> that's cool. Um, but I knew I always wanted to publish a book. I just never knew what it would be about. And about a year ago, I made a dramatic move away from home. And it was really a turning point and was a very hard thing to deal with emotionally for me and a lot of my loved ones. Um, it was not, it wasn't a positive moving away. It was a very negative experience. And I sat there in this new space in a very traumatized and emotionally vulnerable place. And I needed to just like get everything out. I have kept a diary of my whole life from like five to current day. And I've always found that writing is such a beautiful outlet for myself. Um, when I write about my experiences and my feelings, it almost feels like once they're on the page, they've left me. Like they're not there anymore. They've physically left my body and been put on the page. And it's always been such an important way for me to process. And so after I moved, I knew I wanted to write a memoir about bipolar because I remember being diagnosed and not having anyone to talk to about it and not having any role models to look up to and reading other people's memoirs as a way to feel connected and to feel understood. And I wanted to do that for someone else. I wanted to be the book that someone could pick up and read and feel less alone. And so I, I, thank you. So I started writing and it was crap. And, you know, I word vomited a ton of words, like probably like a hundred plus pages. And I was like, Oh, thank God. (laughs) But then I realized (laughs) wait, I can do this. I can like, actually, I'm a good writer. I can, I can write a book like <laughs> no biggie. And now I'm into it. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is a lot harder than I thought it would be, but I am, it's still in the works and it is a really rewarding and beautiful process that has helped me to reflect on my life and my experiences and also reframe my own thoughts about my experiences. You know, when I look back, I think about you know, sometimes we see it in this light of this was so awful and this all ruined things. It was so negative, but writing this memoir has really helped me to switch that perspective. You know, rather than seeing an experience as so traumatizing and emotionally draining and terrible, seeing it as a learning experience and shifting that negative to a positive, um, and making sure that's, yeah, just making sure I want that's the message that's coming across is not that all these terrible things happened to me. And, you know, I'm 
and I was forced to grow. And while that's true, it's also all these things happened, but they were so important for my development and for my growth. And they were crucial to making me the person I am today. And I'm, I'm glad about it. You know, I just love like that outlook that you have, like what you said right there about taking a negative experience and, and trying in like some form or fashion to reframe it in in the form of a lesson or something, you know, Mm -hmm. something that you could take from that moving forward to help you along your journey. Cause I feel like Mm -hmm. that is, I relate to that so much, especially what you're talking about with keeping a diary and journaling and like having that, because I feel like for me and a lot of other people who I talk to who are bipolar. Cause I also, I started this community of, of it's other women who've also been diagnosed bipolar and we have like mm-hmm. big supportive community and everyone, you know, we have weekly meetings and we talked about journaling and so many of them were saying how helpful journaling has been. And just in terms of yeah. getting that down on paper and then being able to go back and reread it later and say, Oh, wow, yeah. like, this is what I was feeling. This is what was happening at this time in my life. And this Mm -hmm. is like how I was dealing with this. And I feel like what you said is so true. Like just in terms of, you know, being able to move forward from things and like have that written down in a place where you can go back and like, even show that to someone else, you know, like show that Mm -hmm. to a friend or, you know, someone you're with or husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever it is in your life that you want to open up to, or have, you know, maybe like show them something that you feel like is too hard to express just by saying it. You can be like, Hey, like, yeah. here's this thing I wrote. Um, you can yeah. check it out. Like, here's what it is. Cause I feel like yeah. sometimes like, especially with, um, like we talked about this earlier before recording, just kind of like the stigma <laughs> with like talking about being bipolar, having this diagnosis and just having that fear, like inside of, Oh my gosh, like, what is this person? How are they going to react to this? How are they going to take this? Are they going to understand it? Or are they going to think it's weird that I'm like telling them this? Mm-hmm. So I just love that about you and how you have this like whole attitude of you're going to do it anyway, because you know, in doing it, you're going to help somebody and you're going to help someone yeah. connect with you and say, Oh, wow. Like look at this girl on Instagram. Like she's so open and vulnerable about this experience. So maybe that can help have them see you and say, Oh, wow. Now maybe I can be open with my family or my friends, mm-hmm. because it is yeah. like you said, it is something where you do feel really alone. Cause sometimes you feel like there's not a lot of people you can tell this to without feeling like it's like a weird topic or, you know, something like that. So I'd love to ask you, you know, in terms of like being diagnosed bipolar, like how has that impacted or influenced the work that you do as a writer? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think being diagnosed bipolar was really tough for me in the beginning. You know, it's such, it has a reputation of being such a negative label. And that was so hard for me to, to accept and deal with afterwards. And it took me a really, really long time to even say the word bipolar. I wouldn't even say it Mm -hmm. because I was terrified. I didn't, I did not want to be identified as that. I did not want to be labeled as that. I wanted nothing to do with it. And as far away as I could get from it, I would. And I realized that when I distanced myself, from this label that has the negative connotations. I'm also distancing myself from making a change of that label. Mm. Oh, wow. You know, I'm not, I'm accepting that negativity when I do that, 
I'm just saying it's negative and I'm not helping anything. I'm just continuing to perpetuate this stigma within myself, which is awful because I should know that it's not bad, you know? And so, um, I realized at one point, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that person who hides such an important part of themselves. I don't, I don't want to. And so when I was deciding to write the book, I decided that I wanted to add my personal diary entries into it because that adds a level of vulnerability and um, truth and like just being raw that I really, really thought was important in order to shift the idea of what someone who has bipolar is like, because I've seen it so many times. It's so Mm -hmm. frustrating when a Hollywood movie or media perpetuates, you know, we're crazy and we're impulsive and we're going to ruin your life. Yes. Get away from her. I hate it because yeah, I got some issues, but I'm, I'm chill. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. I I love that you say that. I just felt that it was my duty. If I was going to write a book about my experience with bipolar, I felt that it was my duty to rewrite the narrative about the stigma because it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. It is. And it really bugs me, especially when I think part, I think a lot of it has to do with ignorance, which, you know, what are you going to do about that? Except educate people. Mm-hmm. And that's what my bipolar page on Instagram is about. It's to educate and empower because I want people who have bipolar to also know that, you know, you're not alone. You're not crazy. You're not broken. There's nothing that needs to be fixed about you. You just got some shit going on. Yeah, We all do. Uh, we all have our shit. I love it's that. It's how oh my we manage our shit that matters. It's not the shit. Yeah. Talk about the shit you have. <laughs> it's how you deal with your shit, you mm-hmm. know? And there are some people that heavily identify as being their mental illness, which isn't necessarily healthy, which is why I really try to focus on myself and say, I have bipolar. I am not bipolar. Yes. Because I'm yes. not my mental illness. It's like saying, I am cancer. No one says that. I know. No one says, <laughs> you know? So I, writing the book and having the page is really, really about rewriting the narrative, changing the stigma into a positive stigma rather than negative. Mm -hmm. And all that you can do is educate people. And that's really my goal is to show people that, you know, we're just, we're just people and we might have some different struggles, but we're just people and we deserve to be treated with the same respect that anybody does. Yeah. And I, I love that you say that because that really makes me think of self-care, especially when you're talking about, when you brought up that point of, of certain people who see themselves literally as their disorder, as a yeah. diagnosis, like how you said, some people say, you know, hi, like my name's Sam, I'm bipolar. And it's like, you identify right. so heavily with that, but then the negative sides of it. Right. So like, and almost, and uh-huh. I feel like almost in a sense of like using it as an excuse, like, Oh, I got in a fight. Yeah. Well, it's cause I'm bipolar. Oh, I, yes. you know, I oh. can't clean anything or I can't, you know, keep a job yes. cause I'm bipolar. So it's, that's, it's yes. almost like, it's like a thing where people use it as this thing that makes, makes it almost okay for yeah. certain aspects of their life to be the way that they are, because yeah. You're bipolar. So it's, it's right. like that, but I, th- I love the outlook yeah. that you have on that. Cause I think that that's so 
positive. And I feel like it's so important to rely more heavily on the positive than the negative. But I also think it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not saying like, don't ignore the negative. Like there's no negative. Like, of course, like there's negative. Of course, there's going to be days where, you know, it's, you don't feel good. You're not in a good mood. You're not in a good headspace. There's that's going to happen because that's life. But I love how you talk about you said managing your shit, like how you manage it. Cause we all have it. Yeah. We all have things. We all have, you know, it's just being a human, you know? And I feel like yeah. there's such a thing that attached to, you know, sometimes if, if, and I, like you said, like that comes with ignorance, like people not knowing enough about it, or, you know, maybe they right. haven't, you know, done, maybe they just don't really know, you know, maybe they listen yeah. to like the TVs and the movies where they see people right. on screen who are like, throwing stuff, like going to dance parties, always drunk, like always sleeping with everybody, always doing all these things. And not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, but I feel like when you make it like such a thing where that's bipolar, like this is what it looks like. And then you actually meet somebody who's diagnosed and you're like, wow, like you seem really normal. Like that's weird. So so yeah. So (laughs) it's like, it's confusing. So that makes me want to ask you, like, I would love to get your take on this. So like in terms of self-care, like, what do you have a self-care routine? And if you do, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, something that's really important to me for my self-care is exercise and being outside those move, keeping my body moving, being out in nature is so important to me because like, I love, it doesn't, it's not even like intense exercise. Like I'm not like doing crunches or anything, I just like to go for a run or a stroll outside and take some time for me. You know, I think it's really, really important. I think, okay. So I think a lot of people think that self-care has to be like, you do face mask and you go to the spa and you take a bubble bath and, you know, you have to do all these things, but it can be way more simple than that. It can be just taking a moment and breathing through a stressful situation. It can be, I mean, I love bubble baths. I was having a discussion the other day about the issue that I have that they don't make enough bubble bath soap for adults, I which love is that. true. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I love my bubble baths and I love my standard self-care, but I also think we need to highlight the importance of smaller ways to take care of yourself. You know, I very commonly, if I'm in a big group of people or if I get drained socially, I take my 15 minutes and I go in another room and I collect myself and I, you know, I take my, cause I'm an introvert. I take my time to recharge. And that is a form of self-care that preserves me really, you know, taking those little moments of time that a lot of people may say, well, you know, you know, self-care has to be in like soap and, you know, meditation and yoga. And it doesn't. Yeah, it really doesn't. Oh, self care could that. be like you say that because it's so true. I mean, self care can be. I was doing it just before this, uh, eating ice cream in bed, watching Netflix. Like, that, love it. That's self care to me. <laughs> Any time where you are putting yourself first for your well being is self care. You know, and so I really try to incorporate self care in my everyday routine, no matter what it is, big or small, as long as it's just me, you know, relaxing, being with myself and my thoughts, processing anything I need to process and taking care of myself, you know? And I think I I love that. How you, how you say, how you talk about the small aspects of that. Cause I feel like (laughs) you're so right. You're so right. Cause I feel like we see, you know, especially like 
online or like, you know, talking to people, like it's like self, sometimes people feel like they don't have enough time for it yeah. or they have a family yeah. or they have kids or they yeah. are in college. They're working to all mm-hmm. these jobs or doing all this. They're all over the place. Right. And they're like, I don't have yeah. time for it. And I love how you say, literally you can take like two minutes. You can take five yeah. minutes. You can do. Well, I love that. I mean, self-care. I mean, I am really big on mindfulness and mindfulness. The most amazing part about it is that you can literally do it at any time anytime. Everything can be done mindfully. It doesn't have to be done mindfully, but everything can be done mindfully. If, you know, you could have meeting to meeting to meeting, but if between every meeting you walk mindfully to that next meeting, or you mindfully walk to get yourself a cup of coffee, that can be your five minutes of self-care. You know, as long as it is you collecting yourself, putting yourself first, self-care, dude. You know, yes. mindful, I love, I love mindfulness that. is a great way. Yeah. Mindfulness, no. I think is the easiest way to take care of yourself in that moment, you know, just being present and doing like just a body scan of how am I feeling today? Am I okay? Do I need a minute to relax? And if you do need a minute taking that when you can, it doesn't have to be right away, you know? And I think another important thing of thing of self-care is making time for it, you know? Yes. Everyone can look at their schedule. Yeah. Everyone can look at their schedule and say, oh shit, I don't have fucking time for self-care. Make time. It's important. Make time. Whether it's you taking a poo on the toilet. Yes. Make the time. Whatever it is. (laughs) I love how you say that. I love how, cause you guys heard it right here. Just make the time. And I feel like that's the thing is like, I feel like it's so much easier to go to, I don't have time. Cause it's easy. Yeah. It's so easy to say like, Oh, yeah. I don't, cause, cause I feel like it's easier to feel that way when you have a lot going on, when you're doing a lot of things, yeah. when you're, you know, you're over here running around doing this, you're, you know, you're in school, you're yeah. trying to work on this thing. And it is easy to say, Oh, well, I don't have time, you know, mm-hmm. to go on a walk or I don't have time to right. do, to, you know, do what this girl's doing or what this guy's doing yeah. over here, but you have time mm-hmm. to do what you love and what you enjoy, whether that's reading a book, like you said, going outside and just sitting there and looking at the plants or being in a Mm garden, like whatever, doesn't matter how big or how small. I think that's so awesome that you talk about like emphasizing the small and emphasizing scheduling that because, you know, like anyone could just go in, you know, to write to a written down calendar and write on your calendar or in your phone say, okay, I'm going to schedule, you know, two minutes at 1230 for two minutes. I'm going to sit out here and do a journal entry, or I'm going to go and I'm going to make a cup of tea and walk Mm -hmm. around my house or something, you know, like something like that, because I feel like that is so helpful because that like, no matter, no matter how small it seems like you might sit there and say, Oh man, like, what is that going to do? You know, is that going to make a difference? It compounds. It really does. Like if you do it It every day for two minutes, like like I love how you bring that up because Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes it does get stressful. Like when you think about it, when you're like, Oh, like I have to make time for like self-care, like, how am I going to do this? I have to like, it's like on top of all this other stuff, it is easy to feel overwhelmed, but I feel like when you just do it, like right now I'm going to go on my phone, I'm going to look at my calendar. I'm going to put literally a two minute three minute, five minute time slot. This is time for me. I'm going to not be on my phone. I'm not going to be checking my emails. I'm going to be sitting here in this moment, 
enjoying the fact that I have this life, that I'm alive, that I'm breathing, that I'm able to get up and walk around and just even the little things, you know, appreciating that because it brings so much joy. And that's really what I think is huge that you talked about, especially like stressing that point and, you know, really emphasizing that. So, you know, one of the things that I always love to ask people on this podcast is because it's the master your mental podcast. It used to be the cricket illness podcast, but now it's the master your mental podcast. So I'd love to ask you, like, what are you currently doing right now in this moment or in this stage in your life to just master your mental? So that could be anything, like any way you interpret that question, like, and take it, what are you currently doing right now in this moment to master your mental? I, you know, I, I could have 5 million answers to that question and yes. I'm going to hone in. I'm going to hone in on just, I think what the most important thing is I have, there's been so much happening in my life, so much stress and change and adaptation lately. And, you know, there it's been stressful. It's been hard to adjust, but I think something that's been really important for me to recenter is to, you know, some, I find myself a lot of times comparing my life to other people's and worrying that they're so much farther ahead of me, or, you know, why am I not working harder? And lately I've been needing to take a minute, take a step back and just say, you're in a really good place. You know, I think the biggest thing I've, I do for myself is really make an effort to reframe my thinking. And it's very difficult. And I've been practicing it for many years. Years ago, when I was first hospitalized, I had a psychiatrist. And this is the best, best piece of like little um, advice or little um, help that I've ever been given. I tell this to everyone who struggles with kind of those intrusive thoughts. When you have an intrusive thought that's negative, what you do is you put it, put it in court. You have you know, a jury and you have a judge and you have um, the defendant and the prosecutor and you put that negative thought. And let's say our negative thought is nobody likes me. You show the evidence in your mind for why that is true. And then you show the evidence for why that is false. And when you do that and you look at it in the evidence, the truth, the facts that you can actually come up with, Majority of the time, not all the time, but majority of the time I have found that when I say something like nobody likes me and I look at the facts of that, it's not actually true. You know, when you say something like nobody likes me and then you say, well, what's the proof? How do I know this is true? And then usually you don't come up with real things, especially when you look at why is this false? You know, if I look at why is this true, I could say, well, you know, my friend didn't text me today or, you know, I haven't talked to my mom in a week. And then you look at why is this false? And you say, well, I have like a lot of friends who rely on me. I have, you know, people that love me. At least my cat is my friend. So um, that is the best advice that I've ever been given. And it is hard to do. It's not easy. I love that. I feel like that is like, one of the coolest things I've ever heard on this yeah, podcast. That is so cool. It was, oh my gosh. it was the, when I heard her, when she told me, I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Yes. I started. Yeah. I was like, 
whatever, just like psychobabble, you're just your like hippie doctor shit. And then I actually started trying to use it and it was difficult. It's very difficult. It takes practice and wanting to be better and reframe your thinking, but it works. It really, really works. And now it's so annoying because even when I'm sad and I just want to be sad, I can't be because my brain is like, that's not true. Stop oh. thinking that. And it's so irritating. You know, I those know. times where you just oh. want to put on like a sad song and be miserable. And then yes. my brain literally oh. is like, none of these things are true. Why are you lying to yourself? And I'm like, oh, that's so irritating. <laughs> I love that you bring that up because I can yeah. tell you just from like personal experience, I used to be like that so much, like so, the yeah. majority of my time I would spend like making sad playlists. Like I, every time yeah. I listen to music, it was sad, oh, yeah. depressing. And now today yeah. I'll, I'll, tr- I'll do like, I literally would have a moment where I'm like, I want to, f- I don't know why, but I'm like, I want to feel like Me that. Either. It's like weird. Yeah. And I'm like, why? But like, I it want, and then I'll yeah. try and I'll turn on the sad song and then I'll be listening to it. And it's like, I can't even make it through the whole song without being like, <laughs> what am I doing? Like, what, like, what yeah. is this? But I yeah. feel like that's yeah. part of that's, that's what's part, the most beautiful thing that I found, you know, in terms of like being diagnosed bipolar and like having this whole journey of like going from, like you talked about, you know, going from this place of, you know, carrying the stigma and like not knowing if you'll ever reach a point where you're fully like able to talk about it and public publicly or like with your friends or some, or anybody who knows you. And then now that you've done that, it's like almost like just checking, you're just progressing and growing and forward. And it's almost like, I feel like once you kind of get on that path and you start to notice like, Oh wow. Like I really am different now. You know, I really am, you know, using my time better now. And I really am, you you notice how you speak to yourself. I feel like, like you notice like, wow. Like I used to tell myself all the time, like, like you said, like, Oh, nobody likes me or no one Mm -hmm. cares or whatever. You know, if you post a photo, you're like, no one's going to want to see that. No one's going to care. Just delete it. And it's like these negative things that we tell ourselves. And then we start to realize like, would you ever say that to another person? Probably not, no. but we say it yeah. to ourselves. And then, it, then you start yeah. to notice like, as time goes by, you start to have more of these positive thoughts, uplifting yeah. thoughts, instead of the ones that are yeah. like, what are you wearing today? Uh, that's weird. Like what, like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's stupid. Instead, instead of having all of this and in your head and like constantly going back and forth, you start to really build yourself up. And I feel like it is, like you said, it, it's, it's a process, you know, it's not like overnight we're like, click, it's oh, hard. Hey, yeah, I'm good. You know, it yeah. takes time. And I, I it's love very that. Difficult. I love that. That Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard. I mean, it, I have been in therapy for years and I've been, I've been through so much mm-hmm. fucking therapy <laughs> so much, but I genuinely can tell you that I am so, so different than when I started in all the right ways. And I am a completely different person. Thank God. Like, and, and part of that honestly is just growing up, you Mm -hmm. know, half of that is just maturing and learning about life and learning about yourself. But the best thing therapy has done for me is help me get to know myself and who I want to be you know, because I remember very vividly a time where I did not like myself who, where I was not proud to be the person that I am. And then over time and through really, really hard work and difficult 
conversations and difficult moments, I have slowly, I mean, it can be so stressful because I sometimes feel like, oh my God, I have so much to work on for myself. It can, it's sometimes I see it in my mind as this just massive checklist of things that I have to complete in order to be better in therapy. But then I look back and I go, but look, look at all the things I've already done. Look at all the ways I've changed to be better already. Like, wow. I love that. I love that you taught, you say that because I feel like I relate to that so much too. Like just in terms of, you know, like, like even right now, like I remember before this interview, like going downstairs to get like a water, like I was working out, I wanted a water bottle. I remember Mm -hmm. going into the clubhouse to get a water bottle. And I remember leaving, leaving that after getting the water bottle. And then thinking like, I was really rude. Like that was really rude. Like the person working handed it to me. And I just was like, can I have this? And I, I had this, like, I was like rushing, rushing, rushing. And I'm just like, I just took it. And I walked out and I'm like, that was rude. Like, I didn't even say thank you. And then I was like, and then I start to like doubt myself and be like, wow, like what the heck is that? And I'm like, why was I like that? Like, why did I act like that? That is so like, not okay. Like this person was like, oh yeah, here's a water bottle. And I go, all right. And I like, like storm out of the thing or whatever, whatever I was doing. And I feel like it's like little things like that, that can either make you feel like you haven't made any progress. Cause I feel like it's always like a little thing, you know, like you've done so much work and so much progress and like this little thing happens and you're like, Oh my God, I'm a terrible person. Like I haven't Mm -hmm. like done this and you start to feel like shit. And then you start to be like, wow, like I need to go apologize to this person and like, say sorry. And like, and I feel like sometimes I would get to that point and then I would hate it. Cause I'm like, why can't I just in the moment not act like that? Like, why do I have Mm -hmm. to get to a point where I'm like, I'm going to just leave or what, I don't know what it is. And I'm like, why do I do that? Because every time I do it, I'll reflect back and be like, yeah, that is not what I'm trying to do. And it's like, then you feel really bad and like guilty about that. And like, you're like, shit, Mm -hmm. like that was rude. You know, like that was not like, that's not how you treat people. Like what the heck is that? So I feel like we start to get in this sometimes can get in these funks, but I also feel like that's normal because that's just Mm -hmm. part, like part of being a human, you know, like we, even like people who aren't bipolar, like who do stuff, like when you get like honked at, cause you don't go at a red light or people blast their horn at you or flip you off. or I don't know, whatever someone does when they're like not having a good day or something. Um, but I feel like it's almost like for, for someone like, like me and like, like both of us, like who've been diagnosed bipolar, like makes us, I feel like think about it more like, Oh, like, I feel like we're getting more aware of it, I guess. Yeah. I think, I mean, therapy has made me so aware that sometimes I think my problem is that I'm too aware of my shit, but I also like what you're saying is there are times, especially being bipolar, there are times where I have a really good day and then I take a step back and I'm like, am I okay? Mm -hmm. Or am I manic? And then you have like a really bad day and you're like, fuck, like, do I need to see my doctor? Like, do I need, like, what is happening? And that was something I really had to like understand and overcome for myself was knowing that I can have a good day or a bad day without being manic or depressed. I think the biggest transition for me after I was diagnosed and after I was getting the proper treatment was recognizing a normal range of emotions because, you know, you're, you're like, you can't see it, but you're out here. Yeah. (laughs) And 
suddenly you're like come within this normal kind of box of like, okay, this is the normal up and downs and getting to know that and spending every day. That's a good day feeling like, Oh God, Oh God, do I need to like see my therapist? Do I need to see my doctor? Am I okay? Am I manic? Am I depressed? And then realizing, Oh wait, normal people have mood swings too. Like normal people aren't just like neutral. Right. (laughs) And, and I think a little preachy, but like something that people do that annoys me more than anything else in the whole wide world is when I'll be like, Oh yeah. Like it'll come up that I'm bipolar. And they'll be like, you know, I think I'm bipolar too. Like, yeah, I just get so, and I'm like, I know (laughs) I've had that happen. I've had that happen. I'm just like, Oh, I don't know. But it it is funny. Like, I don't know. It's just, it is different, but you know what? I honestly, like I, I love this conversation so much. Mm-hmm. Like this has just made my Aww. entire day. Like I'm so glad oh, that you're we, so cute. I'm so glad that we did this. Like I'm so happy yeah. we set this up and like found each other and like got to talk about this because you just brought so many great points to the table. Like so many awesome Thanks. insights into this. Like into like what is by bi- like what is it like being yeah. bipolar? What is di- my diagnosis been like? What is this like writing a memoir? Like you've mm-hmm. you really explained this in such a beautiful way that like I think is gonna help so many people listening be like, oh, oh my gosh, that's awesome. This girl is so cool. Yeah. And she is you guys. <laughs> so please go check her out. I will put the link um in the show notes to, to follow her on her Instagram and all the things. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening, whether it is the daytime or the nighttime. I hope that you guys have a great rest of the day. And thank you so much, Tatiana, for coming on and making the time Thanks. to chat with me. It was been, it's been so awesome. Can't wait to publish this Yay. episode. Woo! Yay! Thank <laughs> right. you. Bye, guys. All right, guys. That was the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it for you. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to become a guest or share your thoughts, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email at hello at masteringmental.com or you can DM me on Instagram at masteryourmental where you can also find a link in my bio that you can use to find me on all of my other social media platforms. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to the Master Your Mental podcast. Have a good one, guys. Bye.